0: Welcome to The Systemic Way. In today's episode, we are doing a reflection on the F symposium, which took place in July, 2023. Julie and I are joined by people who attended the conference and also took part in some of the presentations. We have Judy Sutton, Jennifer Achan, Sybil Kazir and Anur Goodman joining us for this discussion. Welcome everyone to the Systemic Way podcast. Hello. We'll we'll do quick introductions to everyone that's with us today, but we we are doing a special episode where we're reflecting on the recent Aft Symposium that took place on um, the July 14th of this year at the Burlington Hotel in Birmingham. And that was called Building Bridges to Develop Professional Identity. And we've got a mixture of people that were presenting a part of part of the kind of the the different workshops and conversations and attendees so yeah creating a space for us to reflect on what stuck out for us what what we took away from the day and and to have a conversation about it so thank you everyone for joining us should we start off with quick introductions should I go around the room and uh, introduce yourself in the way that you want to Judy can you start with you Judy Sutton
1: oh no why do you have to start with me first (laughs) (laughs) just a quick introduction i'm judy sutton i was one of the attendees at the aft symposium and um i went along because i live in birmingham um i'm born and brought up in birmingham and um i also i went as a secretary for west midlands aft branch that was one of the one of the um things that brought me to that and also as a member of the systemic activists for black lives matter so i was really interested in building bridges lovely enough of an introduction
0: yes thank you judy that's that's really 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 nice so i didn't know you was local actually so you,
1: yeah it was was like a 20 minute journey on the train
0: into
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh burlington (laughs) I wasn't um, with the conference room, only the bar underneath as a, as a local. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Sybil, Sybil present.
2: Yeah, hi. Um, yeah, I'm Sybil. Yeah. Um... I currently work for West London Adult Forensic Service. It's the medium, low, secure at St Bernard's Hospital in um, Ealing. Um, only a team of two family therapists. So, yeah, we don't get to hear hear much from family therapists in the forensic settings. Um, but I intend to raise awareness a bit more. Um, it's a new area of work for me. Um, prior to this, I was, um, gosh, 15, maybe 20 years in camden cams tavistock um initially i started in the asian service and the secondary schools team but then when that disbanded i went back to my first profession as a social worker in camden and that's where i met you cesar isn't it in the that's kentish me. town too. that's right yeah, yeah that's where we met in the good old days of child protection work
0: <laughs>
2: yeah so um and currently um I'm a clinical supervisor on the master's program at the Tavistock, which I love. It's my favorite part of the week. And I also teach on the foundation systemic course uh, at Prudence Skinner in Springfield Hospital in Tuting. Um, Yeah, so alongside the forensic work, I do some private work. So, yeah, pretty busy. (laughs) And in terms of social graces, just to say I'm from a Pakistani background. um, born in Pakistan came here when I was nearly three years old and um from a Christian but like Christian minority group in Pakistan
0: thanks Sybil yeah you brought back memories there you are yeah. actually probably one of the first systemic therapists that I ever come across oh, really? But I had joined <laughs> we're not going to go into nostalgia here but I joined the team just after you left um so you had known all the team members and I was like does anyone know Sybil? Because I've been trying to contact Sybil and they're like, yeah, she can work here. We know her very well. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, all right. And oh, yeah. it's nice. So I, I followed your footsteps in many you ways. You followed
3: Sybil. my footsteps, yeah.
0: Indeed. Indeed. So yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, Jennifer?
3: Hi, I'm Jennifer uh, Achan. I'm a systemic family therapist. I'm currently working at Amersmith and Fulham Camps. I live in London. My previous backgrounds, I've done many things. I started my career as a psychosocial practitioner, and I worked with uh, children and families living with HIV. And I've also done a lot of work within the LGBTQ plus and beyond community around supporting uh, people who are positive living. Uh, mainly individuals who have probably been disowned by family because of their sexuality and the fact that they're HIV positive. So I've been like a family of choice. Um, And part of that was also because of my experience when my sister got diagnosed in the early uh, 90s. Um, I'd just come to the UK didn't have family here and my background I come from a royal family so that created quite a lot in terms of identity and LGBTQ community have been massive support and that's why I refer to them as family of choice and I worked in local authority in Westminster for 25 years initially working with asylum seekers in terms of also my experience as a migrant, in terms of what I brought to the services. And uh, within the 25 years, I've worked in um, children and families, looked after children, care leavers 15 years, uh, early help. And then I've now just recently since qualifying moved to Amma as a systemic family therapist but also um, a guest lecturer at UAL trying to introduce systemic ideas into their psychosocial faculty. So hopefully that would, you know, uh, be taken on board for the next academic year. That's me in a nutshell. Oh, wow. Really exciting. Really exciting stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Jennifer.
3: Welcome.
0: Anouk?
4: yeah um nice to meet you all good to be with you today um so my name's anok goodman uh i was born in uh england i live in leeds um i have uh Sikh heritage um as as one kind of thread in my fabric of who i am um so my parents were born in england but uh, my grandparents were from the punjab um so yeah um i work in bradford um i'm a clinical lead for cultural connection transformation and belonging which is probably taken up the whole time um of my <laughs> just saying my job title but <laughs> i guess for me it's um it is working for systemic change across the organization. So um, that sort of manifests in many different forms. But um, yeah, it's something I'm really passionate about. Um, I also um, train teams as well. um, similarly, around relational discovery and um, systemic kind of transformation. Um, I, I would describe myself, um, which I might allude to later in the conversation as a systemic geek really so that's part of what i brought to the conversation at the aft symposium so i guess i just wanted to foreground that geekdom or whatever the word might be but um yeah um passionate kind of um about spreading id systemic ideas and translating them into accessible um ways for which people can engage um whatever their training um or background or kind of position um yeah, a lot of the context that I've worked in has been very variable. I guess my working career has been quite nomadic in some ways. Um, so I've worked with kind of homeless community, um, substance misuse, dual diagnosis, um, and also with young people who have a liver transplant. So I guess I've navigated a lot of different systems and different contexts, um, which has been useful to kind of draw upon really in the work that I'm doing now. Mm.
0: Thanks, Anok. So yeah.
5: Wow. So I was just thinking we've got such an amazing group of people who were at the symposium of which we both got got to be there in different capacities. I didn't, you, you were also part of the symposium as were some of the people who we're speaking with today. I was there as an attendee um, and I'm really excited about the conversation that we're going to have today. I guess there's a starting point um maybe it'd be really helpful to hear from everybody about why they chose why you chose even to go along to the symposium and what some of your hopes might have been by going and, and I guess within that I'm also wondering because you know about your relationship with AF, because obviously we're all members of AF, but I'm sure that sort of feeds into some of the hopes and intentions for going I don't know who
3: wants to
4: start. I guess I was just going to add that I've very recently become a board member of AFT.
3: Mm. Um,
4: So I guess what propelled me towards the symposium was, I guess there was various positions that I felt like I was occupying really. You know, someone who um, has quite a new relationship with AFT, um, someone also who has... Has had a much closer kind of connection to them by being interested in joining on the board. Um, so yeah, for, for for me, it was it felt quite a pivotal thing for me to be present with people um, because I think there is a lot of things online, and even my relationship with being on the board quite recently has been online. So for me, um, it's still got residue now as I'm talking to you. Some I've been pondering. And um, what the experience was like and um what it's kind of given me. Um but yeah, so I guess what what kind of gravitated me towards going was to have a sense of community. And you know, my intention in joining the AFT board was to alter my relationship with Aft in in some way. Um so yeah, that's kind of some of the things that kind of brought me towards the threshold and meeting with people.
2: Mm. I think I was really missing that camaraderie, that support, you know, after COVID and especially after the trauma of what happened and worries about the future of Aft. And um, I suppose I was really missing us all family therapists being together. and there is no other place, really, no other forum to get all the family therapists together. I've really, in the past, really enjoyed the after conferences mm-hmm. for that reason, you know, that kind of getting together. And then we have a dinner and a dance, you know, it's, it's really nice. <laughs> Although we didn't have that this time. It was just nice to be together together. Um, and looking for that glimmer of hope that you know we've survived and weathered the storm, and aft is still alive and kicking. <laughs> so that's where I was coming from.
0: So looking forward, looking forward to a dance,
3: civil. That's what I. Heard. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to a dance.
3: So for me, I'm part of uh, the DWP race group. And one of the things that really motivated me to attending symposium in person this year was also from the experience of last year's conference, where, you know, uh, Paveen and Abi, for the first time of going to this conference and symposiums, were the first global majority women to actually uh, present instead of us celebrating that moment, it was quite taken by other conversation around what happened at the conference. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really quite sad that we didn't get to celebrate this moment. And I also attended because, um, I guess I finished my master's training and it was something about punctuating the racial trauma that I suffered along the line in graduating to becoming both the psychoanalyst and the systemic psychotherapist. And I needed, I wanted to have a different conversation. And I was so glad that Anna offered me the opportunity and a platform to come and share. And this is something that doesn't happen usually. This opportunity is not given to a lot of global majority women like myself so I was quite humble to be invited in that space to have conversation, and take a different standpoint in talking about race, where people can come in perfectly, say something, then not say anything at all because of fear of what well, if I get it wrong, and these things do get in the way of us doing great work. So I wanted to take a different position in having conversation around race.
4: I was really struck, Jennifer, by what you just said, and I guess um, what I'm trying to infuse into um, some of the places I work is is a shift from competence to curiosity. Where you know, I think there is a kind of competence framework when we talk about race or social difference, where unfortunately people are worried to sort of get it wrong or say say the wrong thing. Um, and, and what I've found is through that kind of curiosity when. I guess we're not positioning people as incompetent and then competent when they've been through some enlightening training or been told kind of what to, what to say, and and I feel like um, in my experience it it helps things to not move underground um, because sometimes I think some of these dialogues become unspoken, they go underground, they become internalized and and become very kind of paradoxical. So I think sometimes yeah, having that space to, to to be curious um it allows things to surface more than than going underground
1: mm. yeah it, it it really struck me what you just said jennifer then as well about about what the um the agm was like for you last year and and how you wanted to celebrate seeing women of the global majority Parveen and Abbey, on that platform and then um what it meant for you to be invited to this symposium and I I guess if I can sort of rewind a little bit to to explain my my context I suppose like the first AF conference that I went to I, I like trained as a clinical psychologist and I've been really into narrative therapy for a long time and had always done sort of systemic stuff but um Qualified as a family therapist in 2018, and uh, went to the Manchester conference that that year, which I loved. I thought this is great. These are my people. I'm so comfortable with all these family therapists and these systemic ideas. This really fits for me, and I feel really at home. Um, And then, and I and I sort of had the same experience at the 2019 conference as well in Newcastle, and I presented a poster, and I was really excited about that. And then. In 2020, um, in lockdown, with the death of George Floyd, I realised, and, and then with the um, it was it was a conversation with um, a black colleague about the um, video of George Floyd's death, and I realised that I was had been just going along with these blinkers of white privilege, and not not engaging with. I'd kind of not engaging with with any of that. And I realized that my experience of belonging at an AFT conference was not this was not the same for people who didn't have white privilege or who weren't sort of like me, white, middle class, middle-aged women. Um there there was lots of people feeling um like they didn't belong, like there was there was racism in our organisation and there was institutional racism in our organization. that was a shock to me, and I had a lot, and I got involved with the the group that became systemic activists for Black Lives Matter to try and um mm. shed, like to try and. Sh- I, I just got a bit more politically involved with our organisation of AFT, whereas I'd been quite passively. I've gone to these conferences. I never dreamt of going to the AGMs. <laughs> I thought that's for people who like those kind of processes. That's not for me. Um So only when I sort of be- and and. i don't don't know if i'm making sense um
2: yeah no that's helpful to put that into context
1: yeah really so but then i think we, we sort of felt like we were affecting some change and we got the resolution um voted on in the the egm that you know, lots of people voted and agreed that AFT should be a socially just and anti-racist organisation, but we felt like we weren't seeing the actions. Um, and so that was why the there was members of that group, including myself, that were quite disruptive at that AFT conference. And I, and I do. Um, part of me has really valued being part of that group and having people who could be angry and and hold open the space to just to a challenge and at the same time as one now I'm seeing change and I know there's still some people who are like it's not enough we still don't know lots of things that have happened but like you Jennifer I want to celebrate the the changes that are happening it was amazing to be at the um symposium and see so many diverse see and hear from so many diverse Faces, new faces, not the same. I I really value the wisdom of uh, my family therapy elders, but, like, it's just brilliant to hear from newly qualified students, um, LGBT, all the sort of minoritized voices, I suppose.
0: I'm going to shut up now because I'm taking up space as a middle-aged white person. (laughs) Now, that's really helpful, Julie to put it in the context of what, what it was, you know, and what came before it. And some of the feelings that people had coming into this particular symposium, but also what, I mean, picking up on what Jennifer, you just said as well about the kind of, what some of the positive stories of the previous conference that weren't held onto for some reason because of, um, I mean, I don't even want to say a negative aspect, something else that happened, which might be more, if I can say this in the right way, like high drama, you know, it caught people's attention. um, Whereas all the other stuff that... it was a fantastic conference in many ways, you know, and and some of those stories didn't live on in a way in a way that it should have, and I I I think there was something. There's a sadness in that, perhaps, particularly for um the the people who facilitated maybe that conference, you know, in Leeds and the amount of work that they put on, and it was it was it was great in many many ways. Um, so yeah, they, they felt like there was an air of repair. That's that's how I. That's how I experienced that symposium. And there was a positive spirit towards that. Um,
5: And I wondered, like connecting, Cesar, onto what you're saying, and I guess, yeah, an air of repair and obviously from the title, the building bridges, but I think lots of what's been said by people here sort of resonated with me in terms of just where AFS at and what happened at the conference and it felt like there's a shift or a change that's coming about but one of the things for for myself that drew me was satish kumar was the the recording that we all watched at the beginning because he's not a systemic family therapist he's someone that i know from a different context and i was quite intrigued and curious like oh what's he gonna bring to this conversation of of where we're at together and it'd be great actually to hear from each of you um what it brought for you and what it might have meant for you or what did or even if it didn't if there was something that sort of made you think the other way um but I'd love to love to hear about that.
2: No I definitely loved hearing Satish Kumar I mean I know initially some people were a bit disappointed that he wasn't there in person but um Mm -hmm and seeing him online it was just I thought it was really lovely I loved hearing him speak about radical love um loving without expectations I just I think I was just really inspired he inspired me afresh and this whole idea of therapy as a psychological mindset and looking for the the good or you know not the bad sides but um um help we're looking to help people get to a better place um not focusing on the bad side but focus on the good of each member and um that idea that we change out of love I really love that and um and he also stated that we can be we can learn to be kind we can learn to be loving and non-violent basically I just felt he bathed us all in a monsoon of love
5: (laughs) right at the beginning (laughs) yeah
4: yeah i I absolutely your description of it Sybil, is um for me he illuminated like my heart you know like it it was a very embodied experience like when we think of attunement that kind of (laughs) attunement idea that i felt like probably had some synchronized kind of heartbeats and stuff because it it felt a very like embodied experience and for me it was it was so inspiring and i guess it sort of set the frame it, it felt like he went from the micro to the meta like he spoke about his relationship with his mom um and, and that felt like the the, the soil you know the, the foundation of like some of his ideas and some of his approach and and um, so i was really um influenced by that you know that conversation and um it was potent um he said he requested for us to buy his book uh, i'm gonna buy a mug a pen sticker <laughs> i, I just thought I thought, wow what an inspiring person who's embodying what they're saying so for me it was yeah it, it had a lot of residue like it, it sort of stayed with me um and and even connected to my own roots of um my grandparents and and Places that I've never lived or occupied, but they're still part of the fabric of my story, like in some way.
2: And he said something like, um, you know, he quoted um, Bateson right at the beginning and recommended we all go back and read the steps of ecology of mind, didn't he? And um, that he was, I think what stood out for me as well is that we can't live healthily, well, we can't live a healthy life in a sick planet. And that whole connection with nature, that nature is life. Um, it's really important to remind me how important it is to be out there in nature you know living in London it's so easy to not you know um, just be stuck in you know in buildings but actually Mm -hmm. how important it is to be at one with nature and you're kind of like recommending us to go and swim in the river (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, be out in nature
3: Mm -hmm. I think the, the talk really resonated with me And uh, it felt almost like I was meant to watch that video to kind of center and ground me before the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it really fitted with the building of the bridge. Because when I thought of that metaphor, a bridge means many things to many people. And I thought that was a nice way to sort of bring us to the bridge where all reasoning between right and wrong can meet on this bridge. And we can look back with fresh eyes, open heart, looking at the same landscape, but differently. And I think a lot of us left feeling very different when we think of our experience of previous, maybe a conference from last year, or any experience that we might have had in different spaces. And I like the freedom of Emotional violence, being free of that, um, it's very freeing. It was very therapeutic. And there was something about him that almost felt like my ancestors were cold and they were in the room with me. I felt very complete.
4: When you were talking um, the, about um, that transformation, you know, the process of coming together and then feeling different, I, I guess... Um, you know, one of my favourite quotes, which I kind of shared on the day, very much kind of encapsulated what you were saying. Um, it's a sort of TS Eliot where he says, uh, we shall not cease from exploration and at the end of exploring we will be to arrive where we began and know the place for the first time. So for me, it was like, yeah, it spoke to what you just shared about kind of a, a transformation, like um, by being together.
1: Hmm yeah i i I love Satish as well what he had to say and the th- the thing uh, the this the thing about nate his his links to nature and ecology and the importance of that was really resonated with me his um he told us all to go for a walk with our clients in nature and I'm like yes I do that i can <laughs> that's good <laughs> but um it the thing the, the thing that most resonated was his uh, him talking about peaceful activism beginning in trust and um yeah. you know the idea that he walked all these miles just trusting in the kindness of strangers to to support him, but he was doing that to as an activist mm. uh, against something against nuclear um
4: mm.
1: armament um but did it in in such an embodied peaceful, trusting way and i felt like that was a little message to me to to trust that the that, that we could build bridges in the room and yeah. mm. Mm.
5: i just wanted to add judy if i could to well to what i've heard from everybody like i well i was walking in a forest today um and maybe i've sort of taken on some of what city said about being in nature and and actually what well, you just reminded me while i was walking. Um, it was the word "global majority" that came to me in my walk, so it was nice, Jennifer, to hear you use it. And in terms of just a small thing to take away, I thought I really want to use that more when I'm communicating because it feels like a really, as a white as a white person, one, I was like, "Yes, you are not the global majority." I was thinking on my walk, and um, and how how can I you know bring that to conversations that i have in various contexts that i am in and that i have um in the workplace for example and i know one of the things with satish was having it as an everyday practice and that was something that i thought right that's one of the things a small thing that i can do and that i want to bring to conversations i have
0: yeah. forward. those mm. words were words that i wrote down as well up. I'll put kind of systemic way, not trying to plug the podcast, but systemic way is as everyday practice, you know, this yeah. kind of and what I really took from that is this kind of I mean he satish really embodies his ethics and his values and you could just see it kind of just pouring yeah. out of his every yeah. word, right? Yeah. And um I guess in the kind of process of maybe becoming a family therapist or in the training of becoming a family therapist and and in those years beyond it, you know, where you're trying to, like, understand what it is, and then you go from this kind of performing performing of the ethics, the values, in a way, to the stage of where you do embody it. Um, and it, it could be a lifelong journey, and that's kind of what, something that I really took from him. But how inspiring was he for that journey to be a, a journey worth going on forever, your whole life? Mm. So. Yeah. And I'm really yeah, that, looking forward. Sorry,
2: Constantine. No, I was just going to say, yeah, that trust in humanity and universe, that stuck out for me as well. And then he, what did he say? Nature is my nationality, love is my religion. <laughs>
4: Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Such a beautiful kind of way to locate himself, like one of which I kind of really um, connected to. And he sort of gave language to things that maybe. Mm. I I maybe have not been able to locate it myself, but I really sort of felt like it it was a description of, yeah, maybe things that I value as well. Um, I I guess just connecting to what you're saying, Cesar, it, it, it made me think about you know before I collided with systemic kind of ideas when I before I learn of the kind of performative domain or the, the the language or the words or some of the terms or ideas or models I think I sort of embodied a lot of um that approach in my own life before and then sometimes you find language for something mm. and, and it makes me think that you know Judy when you were saying about it wasn't necessarily a systemic kind of guy or geek or you know part of that world but he he embodied things so I think for me it's about I'm interested in beyond systemic I guess I'm I'm interested in what is meta to the concept of systemic so for me it it, it is kind of present in places that we don't think it is such as Satish coming and being probably you know the most systemic kind of um, emanating these ideas but he might not have that same language or you know that same position but I guess it's beyond what we know of what systemic is mm.
3: thank
5: you it made me think Enoch, when you were talking if we did an activity at the beginning of day of going on a on a line mm. um and it was I think how long or well, I can't remember what the question was or how m- m- how much long you've been part of Sybil, you look like you know.
0: of have how long you've uh, been... Uh,
5: well, no, it was
0: how,
5: how long have you yeah, been practising systemic ideas? Yes, that was it. And then yeah. I thought, and I thought, well, aren't you just by very nature being born in some way <laughs> part of this whole thing of the of systemic ideas? How can you not in some way be part of it, which I guess is what I'm hearing a little bit from you and not. So yeah i i mean that was at the beginning of the day what we were what we were hearing about and i and i was, i don't know if there's i mean some of you were part of the day and i'm curious about we've been talking about if there was there was celebration that people some, some of the hopes some of you were having from um joining and I was curious if you felt you know, what, what what if there were other things that resonated for you throughout the day in terms of this building a bridge if we're going with that metaphor Mm.
2: well I I mean I thought it was a marked difference um you know seeing diversity on the stage seeing um you know black and brown people on the stage you know as board members um you know reflecting together I thought that was that was I was so good to see that on stage and um And look, I think I met you in this systemic activist BLM group as well. Um, And and I guess my initial reaction, I was a bit surprised to see you there, (laughs) Um, but really liked what you said, that I think it was something around holding both a both-and position, holding the frustrations alongside the hope and excitement and the belief in the possibility of change. Um, I thought, okay, good, you are recognizing and acknowledging the past with a view to the future. Um, And and that analogy that you made of, um, you know, the The slinging the rocks slinging rocks the analogy you made um that change you know where by singing rocks we can you know we want change to happen on the outside, but what did you say you could talk to it, but important the importance to consider change in ourselves, I think it was what you were saying and and in the process to we change well you know in that process yeah, yeah for sure
4: i- I guess for me um it, it it was paradoxical in many ways because I guess um a year ago I felt quite disenfranchised and disconnected yes. from Aft if I'm yes. honest. Um and, and I guess I, I want I had a conversation with Hannah about what's what's my relationship with, with Aft. And it it sort of spiraled into me thinking, you know, maybe I was um, in this position feeling quite disconnected and kind of maybe that idea of slinging rocks and feeling frustrated, really, um, Mm -hmm. an organization that maybe didn't feel kind of represented me at times. Um, But I guess for me, I I didn't realize that maybe when you feel disconnected from somewhere, you, you don't feel like it has an influence, you know, by slinging rocks and being detached from something. I guess I had an impression for myself that I'm sort of on the outside that, you know, it's an organization that I'm part of. I have to sort of pay, but at the same time it's you know, I can keep a distance and I don't want to get too close to somewhere because actually it, it, how might that change me? Or um, but what I didn't realise is sometimes that position of slinging the rocks, you still change. Like you, you do change in some way. So I guess for me, I flipped the question from feeling kind of us and them and this sort of distance yeah. to thinking mm-hmm. I want to change my relationship with this organisation to be more relational to embody some of the practices that we do how we meet with families how we're Mm -hmm. hospitable how sometimes we have an impasse or sometimes there's a rupture in the relationship but but we're saying we can still be together like we can still be present Mm -hmm. Uh, so i wanted to embody that in my relationship with AF because that's what i do every day you know supporting families so it feels kind of um contradictory for me to not be able to do that with the, an organization as well
1: yeah there was a there was a conversation that emerged during the symposium and somebody was talking about using using social media and using the hashtag we are aft um <clears throat> which i really liked and, and and I think it connects with what you've just been talking about and not like feeling on the outside feeling us and them and I felt like that I felt like the aft board was something mm. you know very different to me um and now i feel much more part of that i am like we're all part of AFT. we're all part of the organization we're all family therapists um and we can effect more change together than we can by um but but i the only reason i can i can come into that position i think is because it felt like hearing board members new board members talking about not not just turning the page on the past like you you still there's still a lot of work to do to mm. to be more transparent to be more accountable there's still some lots of things that uh, the wider AF members um, would like to know more about I think that that you know the the um, um, culture review from Professor Miller and, and you know why we haven't seen that fully we've just yeah. seen a few PowerPoint slides and but, but I, I felt really encouraged that that there's lots of people now willing to look at that address all of that and and work through it and I think that's the um that's the thing that made it much more feel like we're in the work together now the space for all of the voices the space to celebrate the space to um critique and and have difference as well and uh, um yeah
4: it's nice to hear that judy because i Mm -hmm. guess for me it's um creating space for dialogue as well like what i was saying whereas if it feels like us and them i think it feels like monologue and it feels like this kind of competing there's there's something of a um symmetrical pattern that goes mm-hmm. on around monologue and power and unspoken. Um so for me it's like it's preparing the soil, like it's creating the space for the dialogue to happen, which is what your description is. And that's an ongoing process, I guess. It's it's not a start and an end, it's 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 the whole entirety. Um you used the word disruptive before, Judy, I think, um, unless I imagine it. Um I used to think disruptive. I used to think it was at the it, it was sort of at the beginning somewhere. We sort of disrupt. I, I guess. And I used to think into something integrated, that's the highest content. That's great. That's something we aim. I've started to think more recently. I think disruption is it is is higher than integration personally. I think disruption is actually necessary to mix the soil up, really. So mm. I guess I, I'm mm. changing what I perceive disruption
3: as. It's interesting, yeah. yeah. And there's something about disruption that brings about change, isn't it? I uh, remember um, on Friday at the symposium, I spoke to an individual that caused a lot of uh, uproar at the last year's conference. And just trying to really understand, you know, um, I, how, how he was feeling and what was the, the aim of how it presented. And there was also something there about appreciation of, had you not done that, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation where it will bring about, let's move to action now. We've been talking quite a lot about change. So in the mix of all the bad things that happened, there's good that came out of it. And I remember one of the organisers describing last year's conference as their ugly baby. Mm. (laughs) And I think that was a really good analogy in how she described it. Um, A lot of the work that was put in there, I think, was not really acknowledged because of all this other Mm. disruption and things that took over um, the good that was being done on the day and also to celebrate the global majority women who uh, presented. So I think that sometimes in life, in all bad things that happen, there's good in it. And that this is baby step. We are starting to do something about it. It's not going to all change overnight. Mm. Change usually starts with one conversation at a time. And we are now in that space where we are moving to action and actually doing something to bring about change.
2: Mm. It did feel like this is a kind of a regrouping after that, you know, awful time. And in my table of 10. And by the way, I thought that table of 10 idea was really good. Instead of, you know, traditionally it's always been a lectern and like rows and rows of seats. Mm. So I thought that was a great model because we got so much conversation going in the in our tables. Anyway, in our in our group we um you know we are acknowledging that uh, that we're going through a really painful growth point and sometimes we have to fail to grow and move um so i thought that was that was a good point somebody made
3: uh, well, uh,
2: so go
1: god on. On. Go on, just gonna say i like a knox metaphor of you know disrupting the soil and and Mm. you know and and it was making me think about all the goodness in in the soil you don't lose the goodness in the soil you might have to disrupt some to to get out some of the weeds of like I think that it's a a metaphor that that's been used somewhere about racism being like a like not weed and you've got to keep you've just got to keep digging the soil to get it out and and but there's still so much goodness in the soil and I was thinking about last year's conference and Amanda Middleton's keynote um around um systemic ways of working with queer and gender expansive families was was brilliant and the workshop I went to her workshop as well and I just I've used so many of those Mm. ideas and I've taken on so much of that from from her um keynote and her workshop last year And, and and so much more from all the other workshops and keynotes and stuff as well. Like it's um the 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 AGM was the small part of it that mm. probably a lot of people a lot of people in the world I think the wider AF membership is something like 3,000 people mm, um, I'm still
2: surprised at that so 3, there was only
1: members. how many at the AGM last year maybe 100 maybe 200 and there was about 100 at the symposiums so there's like uh, I keep thinking about the re, the wider mm.
0: um sort of audience and kind of wondering what they're
1: thinking it, about like this <laughs> it,
0: it is interesting isn't it as a process of how that occurs because when I speak to people that didn't attend the conference l- last year and they were like oh my god I heard it was so difficult it was horrible and they have this different story around around it and I, I, yeah it's interesting how this kind of interesting gossip you know and colluding in us colluding in that in a way of the high drama stories is what people then focus on and and when what we're losing from that so yeah really glad julie that you brought it back to amanda's workshop because blue it blew my mind actually as as an opening workshop it really set the tone for something amazing which in many ways it followed yeah yeah and her it was making me think about her glitter ball analogy
1: and the kind of um linking it to um the therapy in the mirrored room mm. idea and sort of shattering the mirrors and and the discourses and and creating a glitter ball and, a, and a, a, to me it's not exactly it's linking with the soil and the tilling the soil and disrupting mm-hmm. the soil but but keeping the good bits. Obviously. keeping the reflecting and the awareness of the discourses and
0: right.
1: the multiple perspectives and all of this, mm-hmm. all of the lovely systemic
0: goodness. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: what? Perturbing, perturbing the system. Yeah. yeah. Systemic
3: yeah.
0: language. Yeah. 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 What might be um, something that we're all taking away from the symposium? we began to have some, to share some of those ideas. Um And also how you might share some of these ideas with your networks, your colleagues, your workplace, in your practice. What what lives on with you?
2: For me, I I mean, I was thinking it's something about the speed and the pace. Um, So I know Anok and I had a conversation about this on Monday, didn't we? And I I was just thinking about, for some, it might feel slow, uh, for some members might be, you know, in terms of, um, and you, you mentioned this, Judy, as well, about the independent review as recommended by Nick Pendry and that um, he was asked to comment on the complaints raised by the members
5: mm-hmm.
2: uh, about two years ago, specifically around the Black Lives Matter statement. Um, and at the symposium, they did briefly mention that this review was, com- you know, com- commissioned um, Professor Paul Miller, but. I yeah I, I yeah you know, it went it went so quickly so fast mm-hmm. it went past it so quickly and I just thought well hold on a minute there's something really important here that needs to be acknowledged um, you know this is a big piece of work that after's commissioned this really top guy who's really recognised in the field of race relations you know to to really s- spend a bit of time thinking about this independent review you know it's good 12 months of review you can't just gloss over it you know he's he was looking at all aspects of aft operational policy and processes and governance so we need to we need to really kind of um think about this a bit more what are the recommendations and yeah and we don't know we haven't seen the report i don't know if he's finished it or whether it's been disseminated or whether it's going to be published but what are the recommendations um, for the next steps really in developing a new equality, diversity, and inclusion strategy? I mean, the very first, I think it was Barbara who was presenting this slide, but the first point on the EDI slide, we could have spent a whole afternoon on it in- itself. The mm-hmm. first finding was AFT English centric. And I was so like a bit taken aback. English centric? What does that mean? What does that term mean? Mm-hmm. And I thought, Gosh, is that another way of saying the finding showed AFT was is institutionally racist? But who decided not to use the term institutional racism mm. and English centric instead? Um, yeah, so that I, I think we need to kind of think a bit longer on this. You know, be honest and transparent about you know if that's what the finding was that it's institutional racism. Why should we be afraid to use that word?
1: I mean, well, that term I think, yeah, yeah, I think I think well, well said, Sybil uh, um <laughs> I agree, um, and it, just relating to what you asked Cesar about what we're gonna take from this, and I guess um <clears throat> I'm taking some new links and conversations that I had with people and relationships that I started to have with people that I felt like I didn't have before. Um, but I hope that I'll be able to get stuck in with people or be invited to get stuck in and that's, that other other people who've done a lot of work around this will, will join in and get stuck in with looking at, this, at the recommendations of the review if we if we can see it and um that there's a hell of a lot of resource in in aft as a whole in the three thousand people i I want to go back to my west midlands aft branch and you know if people are in the west midlands and haven't joined it then the 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 emails on the aft website um and and start yeah acting like getting stuck in with shaping our organization and our diversity practices It's the practices, not the policy. The policies are important, but the practices and the actions that speak louder than the words, isn't it? And uh, it would be nice to see those across all of the branches and contexts in which all of us systemic therapists work and Mm. connect with each other.
2: I think I'm just thinking of Barry Mason's um, quadrant. Of that kind of safe uncertainty and i was thinking we might have got into unsafe certain position two years ago but we're moving towards the safe uncertain
4: position mm. 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 i think to add to what you're saying sybil <clears throat> for me it's a sort of what i'm taking away is a reminder of um like the process like being in the, swimming in the process, like mm. not just kind of um, knocking at the door of the content in a way. So similarly, I feel like sometimes like there's a big push for us to do, you know, let's do some stuff, let's look like we're doing stuff, let's be, be busy or whatever. So for me, I'm in my life, personally, professionally, I'm constantly reminded of of in the being, like yes. so much comes from being together. And I think sometimes when we find it difficult to be together, we do together, we, we do and we have, like we do stuff and we have stuff and that keeps us kind of occupied. Um, but for me, it's a lot of this, even what we're talking about now, needs to come from the being together and then it grows yeah. from that. And I think if you don't have that, again, it's the the kind of soil, And unless you have that, I, I don't know um, how things can kind of grow really from that. And And I think you need that combination of kind of weeding things out also growing to to, whether that's with a family or an organization you you need to be able to understand like about growth as well um as as making space for that growth if things do need to be taken out
3: Mm. I think for me it's about privileging relationships and I've met really amazing people at the symposium and um growing together and I guess um, treasuring the space in between that relationship and trying not to contaminate that space or pollute it so that we can all blossom and make something beautiful out of um, the space. And also in terms of work, I think carry on having this conversation also with my colleagues because I think a lot of us have been kept very separate for a very long time and that has worked because we don't know each other although we're in the same profession and because we don't know each other we become afraid of each other and then there also becomes this hierarchy where the ranks don't close together where AF does not know the temperature on the dance floor in how us practitioners are experiencing us as members. So it's nice that, you know, we were in a space where they were able to be in the same dance floor with us and actually feel the heat and what they need to change rather than stand on their balcony and just look ahead and not know what's happening on the ground. Um, and also, as a member, um, I know that if we need the change, I'll continue volunteering my free time in order to do some work around promoting uh, conversation around race difference and make it better for other students who are coming along and also for the education faculty to look at changes that they could possibly make in, in terms of literature and also how those students are supported because I think within, from my personal experience, within clinical training, we tend, we're very good at looking after other people, but we don't look after ourselves. Mm. Even in training, students feel very neglected where even lecturers feel. Right now, I'm your lecturer, I'm not a clinician, and anything else that is happening, I am not seeing. And also, urge fellow students to take accountability for their mental health. And sick therapy, when things do go wrong or when you experience racism or whatever it is, mental health, education does give one mental health, black or white. So there's something also about accountability in what we do to self-care as clinicians and also as upcoming therapists. It's not up to the institution
0: thank you thank you for sharing that um everyone um
2: i just wanted to say one last point that yesterday i was at andrew cooper's funeral Mm. which and andrew cooper's quite uh, um was quite a big sort of um, key prominent figure at the tavistock clinic and um sadly passed away and um in one of somebody's eulogy they were talking about trust and where the word trust comes from and um trust comes from the word true which comes from the word tree being straight um and so i thought that was interesting that um you know satish talking about war begins in fear peace begins in trust and just i I suppose i want aft to be true and straight as a tree as as that And, and you know if you're using that analogy going Back full circle to to teach his emphasis on nature is life so yeah have to be more transparent with the members um yeah and and having a bit more clarity of the
0: processes so
2: yeah that, sorry that was my last point <laughs> no
0: great thank you because I'm, I'm wondering i'm wondering if the board conversation that we had was a bit of a, a step towards that you know where you, you got to hear the reflections, the thought processes—it clearly yeah. wasn't. It clearly wasn't rehearsed in any way. Um, but um, it was
2: the first step,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that being live in front of everyone, mm. yeah, um, is something I, I don't know how often that that t- has taken place in the past. I
2: don't think uh, it has. Mm-hmm.
4: Really I guess just connecting to that idea of one conversation at a time, like whether that's the first step towards some kind of movement in another direction. The last thing I just really wanted to add was um, when I spoke um, and just gave a bit of my own sort of context and stories, I guess I was um, struck by what you've just said, um, Jennifer, where um, you was talking about as, as a student and that kind of experience. And I guess my question, which seems quite pervasive sometimes is like, am I systemic enough that people sometimes think? And I guess when we're getting evaluated, it makes sense um and, and I think this pattern emerges very often where we internalise um and question ourselves, am I doing it right? Am I systemic enough? Um or maybe am I enough? <clears throat> but but for me it's it's how do we move up different levels to say, you know, is AFT systemic enough? Um is the community systemic enough? Um is systemic systemic enough. We can keep going wider, can't we? And and I think that need these are the questions which are very important to ask. Because if we just internalize ourselves, we're stuck in this where all the responsibilities on us. Am I systemic enough? Have I achieved the level? Have I assimilated enough? You know, I guess I'm more interested in have I innovated enough rather than have I assimilated enough?
0: Mm lovely. I, I I did want to just quickly mention the, the panellists actually because I thought it was such a fantastic array of people giving presentations so Gladys Ellis who spoke to us about her work and her development as a family therapist working in the Morsley Centre um Anork Goodman who's what's today Anork and I just want I just want to share that poem that you shared at the end mm. was a, a real highlight and it was really really fantastic um I've heard stories from like conferences of yesteryear where people would get together with guitars and sing. And I I felt felt like we missed out on that. But I felt like you kind of, you started bringing back something in bringing your poetry and it was really lovely. And then hearing um, Alistair talking about this kind of invitation for people to bring creativity and share it was, was lovely. Mm. Um, Abby, Abby Jordan, um, her presentation really, really struck me, actually, and just how she kind of just expressed this systemic identity and stamp on her work was. Uh, I really, I really liked Abby's presentation. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was frantically taking notes, actually.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then and then Jenny, Jenny, uh, Jennifer. Uh, uh, personally, I I was honestly hanging on to your every word. Oh, uh you had my emotions going every direction. To the point where i was just like oh it was just like a, a whole embodied experience listen to you talk jennifer yeah. it was a, it was an amazing it was an experience so I, I did want to take this opportunity to say thank you actually for that and then and, the, and uh, you're welcome
2: i, I agree and, and then there was brit as well
0: Brit cross indeed Christ. exactly and the, that
2: was really uh, interesting yeah. The
0: line that stuck with me for Brit, I wrote it down, is difference is a condition of life. Mm. I thought that just, just so much unpacking in those, so much in those few words. Yeah,
2: I like that. You start with different, we're all born different, and then we're looking for similarities of people. Yeah, I like that too.
0: Yeah. 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 So, look, lovely. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on this reflection on the symposium We.
2: Oh, thank you yeah it's
0: been good, good. it been really lovely to connect it's been
1: interesting to, to
0: connect with you all and here. yeah doing. really lovely to have
2: this conversation
0: thank you yeah lovely thank and you. we hope to see you at the next conference online, online. <laughs> mm, yeah, <boom>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no.
5: is it I think just briefly because I know we've gone over time um, but just it just be really great just to hear if there's anything you wanted to feedback or just what this experience was like for you to have this conversation
4: it's been absolutely potent um and amazing for me like you know to continue the spirit of the conversation mm. it's been a joy to have this conversation with you all you know I think again I'm constantly reminded by like just the energy and um it reminds you of your own passion and your own sense of um I guess vibrancy like you know when whenever you feel exhausted something comes out and and you can feel energized and I think having a conversation with you guys has reminded me I guess of my passion and actually it's making a lot more sense why I've joined the board more recently Mm. conversations like this uh, it makes a lot more sense and I've gone from quite a paradoxical kind of scratching my head um position to actually really understanding like why i'm interested in taking that position
2: yeah that's good i i mean i think you you both have really created a really safe environment for us to talk so thank you to you both for you know putting us at ease and my first time being on here and warming the context really well um And obviously the balloons in the background, says "are really helps. (laughs) We're celebrating life. So that's good. So thank you to you both.
3: Yeah. Um, Thank you very much for the invitation. I've listened to this podcast throughout last year and it really keeps me going. And when I was doing my vibe, I thought, what could I find in there? Um, Really good resource for students and also... Uh, therapies it just kind of reminds you of things maybe techniques that you haven't been using and it's nice to hear from the authors themselves being interviewed on their work I really enjoyed the podcast so it was nice to actually finally meet you and Caesar, and be invited in this space Um, I Enjoyed meeting everybody else and another activist, Judy. I think one of the things that Satis reminds me of is radical love. And when I look back on what I've done over the years, I've been practicing radical love without knowing. (laughs) And hopefully I'll continue practicing radical love and serving with excellence and significance to children and families. Uh, Thank you. I think I think I want to just
1: like all what all of you have just said about about what this has been like I've probably got a little foot in each of your camps you know I've been thinking about my own positioning I was thinking about my anxiety joining (laughs) doing this recording and and not having done anything like this before and you've made it a safe space and um yeah, I've, I've really appreciated it. I'm wondering what the response <laughs> will be like and how, how excruciating it will be to listen. <laughs> to <the staff. laughs>
5: I think it's been so helpful. I'm sure, I mean, there's so much for people who weren't there. I think you, mm. you all f- found so many words, I think, to give people such a rich idea of of what it was about.
0: So, mm. yeah. Lovely. And I wish we had done this for the previous conference in this way. Yeah. Actually. So, yeah maybe lovely. next time yeah yeah,
5: yeah.
0: and we hope, hope to have you all again like it's been lovely having you yeah. on so <laughs> thank you always welcome <clears throat> all the best oh, thank, thank you so much yeah. relax and enjoy
1: your holiday now Julie <laughs> yeah. I know I've got my family
5: downstairs they're all like we want
0: dinner right. <laughs> <Enjoy me.
4: laughs> hey, I'm Coming. <laughs> oh All right. julie oh. make sure you wait out for that special package tomorrow I the
0: rich tea. don't I'll worry pay. about
4: that you'll be having a breath you gotta come through business. now look you can't let her down now
0: <laughs> it's on camera
4: yeah oh, got to it. Please. <laughs> it got lost in the post julie sorry <laughs> Guys, thank
0: you so much
2: take care Bye-bye.
4: thank you Bye. bye Bye-bye. bye Bye-bye. bye
2: Bye-bye. bye